Hello, universe. I believe we are going to at least sustain this current level of recordability as the next conspiracy theory chapter unfolds here in episode 25 of Late for Work Again. <laughs> Anyhow, my last three episodes have been disjointed to say the least, and some of that was some inten intentional chopping together of thoughts that were connected but needed some better transitional coherence to actually sustain whatever narrative I'm trying to create. So <clears throat> I guess, if anything, this is a return to the A to Z routine of trying not to lose my train of thought along the way. And I think with a topic matter, which does not involve 9-11 or any of the other New World Order variety conspiracies, QAnon or any of that stuff, nope. We're going back to Mother Earth, as it were, and discussing a phenomenon that I readily dismissed. I believe this is one of the few times that perhaps the media globbed on to uh, an opportunity to debunk this phenomenon, or perhaps these guys use the media and this phenomenon as an opportunity to glob on to fame and cherished the momentary middle finger to the world that this moment was. And boy, I sure didn't need much convincing that crop circles were a couple of old dudes and drunken state with a two by four and some rope making designs in people's fields. And in fact, I was wondering how big the team really was. The only real question is, how is the media downplaying the true mystical nature of crop circles that existed in and around and outside of and before and way after Dave and Doug did their thing with the two-by-fours? And, okay, call me a negligent observer, which in this case I certainly was, but this is hmm, this is the kind of mystical territory that occupies for me a similar space that the cattle mutilations are occupy. And okay, before getting into all that, I do need to address in real time some of the disjointed nature of the last few recordings. And I'm not even sure why I cut the one together with my crisis of consciousness when it comes to the Big Bang and the theory of evolution. But in what is my traditional circuitous route, I somewhat arrived at doubts in these pillars of scientific foundation in backdoor fashion with the Big Bang, I will admit that I did not understand how there could be a situation 
even the raisin bread growing, expanding inside of an oven analogy, I find challenging to incorporate with what that evidence would mean it would look like on a bigger scale or even on a smaller scale. I just didn't think the, I thought that the redshift evidence for expansion of this space might be trouble, but the rest of evidence points to the big bang. So you sort of dismiss any doubt you have as you formulate that idea. And if more and more observations can keep the standard model intact, then you just don't even question it. It becomes dogma. The same thing happens for the theory of evolution. And the theory of evolution is what pulled me apart first in that I didn't, I didn't ever really think through what had to happen for evolution to be true. So for evolution to be true, if life formed as a microorganism that then learned how to divide itself in two, that then learned how to create enough variety that it had unique forms to mutate into coupling of organisms that provided enough genetic mutation to genetically create a human, well, there's some stopping points along the way that have to have happened. That springing of life had to have occurred, which we don't know how. Nobody knows. This isn't something that science is ignoring, some mystical theory that probably will turn out to be right. No, nobody knows. There is nothing here except uh, we were created by God. So to me, that's nobody knows. And from there... We do believe that the conditions to create life must occur in a liquid environment. Again, this makes sense. It's a lot easier for something to survive in a consistent pool of, of simplicity compared to the diversity that it is to live in a gaseous environment on a structured surface. That just seems more challenging. Unless we're talking about plant matter Plant matter than converting to sentient beings? Explain that. So whatever organism is the evolutionary chain link all the way back to beginning the human spark of life had to have occurred in water. Okay, so far I don't have a problem with your theory. Now you're going to tell me that it goes all the way back to single cell organisms or some basic, basic, basic form of life. Some simple reproduction mechanism that was division of cells or... And then from there, we became more and more complex as a feature called mutation takes over inside of variants within organisms to give organisms a shot at a better outcome. Or the environment, say, is colder than our current structure likes, so mutations tend toward uh, shielding of the body from from temperature or enhancing the body's ability to regulate a higher temperature internally or however, right? This is what we're told science did or what science did, what evolution did. It just kept advancing further and further as we take millions and billions of years into account 
to inevitably create dinosaurs and everything else that's ever walked on land. Okay, so the beginning of it all, though, we're finding these fantastic initial creatures from billions of years ago in our fossil record. These little slippery, almost insect-looking swimmy things. <clears throat> Most of them just floating around the universe, sucking up whatever it is that keeps them sustained, reproducing in whatever fashion that reproductive cycle is allowed, and then dying off to over time create something else that emerges to be able to see? How did the eye get invented? And this isn't one of those things about wondering how something so magical as an eyeball randomly assembles, but I always just assumed that we had some sort of photocell receptor evolved, but think about this. How can a being or anything that has no concept of vision spontaneously develop vision? Okay, we have five senses. Do you think you're going to spontaneously evolve a sixth one? Because essentially, that's what happens. You take that further and you think to yourself, okay, not only do you have to spontaneously evolve mechanisms to do things that you, as, a, as an organism, are not ordained to do, a single-cell organism dividing itself biologically, may have some sort of internal DNA blueprint to evolve into something that can reproduce on a more complex level, but are you telling me the DNA blueprint is inherent in it all the way to eyesight? <sighs> or hearing? Okay, sounds exist in the universe. Shape and figures exist in the universe. So... Somehow there's an interaction with what is the reality of this amoeba's existence to understand there's more to perceive. So these triggers of awareness, is that a good word here? Because it sure feels wrong. Are what? Then setting off primordial cues to develop eyesight? It's a weird one. Like what would cause... Okay, so is nature just a blueprint... Are we, are we literally evolving to create the AI overlord? Is that what all of cellular life has been until now? To learn to create an intelligence that can arise into sentient form itself? Is that the ultimate haha from... Um, <sighs> whatever his name is on The Simpsons. Uh, I know it's not Norman, but... I cannot think what it is. Doesn't matter. The process of evolution starts to make me curious across the entire wealth of, well, why would that even evolve? What's the point? Well, if the point is that evolution is a blueprint into continued awareness of a space and time reality that is this universe, well, we are just the next phase of whatever that could easily be an artificial intelligence immersion as its outcome. 
that in seeding the universe with organic matter that turns into the ability to mine a planet's resources until an AI is emergent, what if that's the whole point of the universe? What if that's what all the UFOs are doing here? All right. Um, <clears throat> so, backdooring my way into a problem with evolution comes from nobody being able to explain, there being no fossil record, there being nothing that helps us comprehend species jumps. How does a lung creature develop from an underwater breathing organism? Do you all of a sudden think you need to develop gills because the water is such a tempting environment in which to decide to go live now? It's, abs it's absurd. But from an underwater creature's point of view, it's just as absurd to think of going to live on land. Why did it happen? Science doesn't have an answer. Nobody has an answer. And I don't like theories that I'm told are foundational to not be able to answer a simple question like, the entire mechanism in play, can we explain that? No. Don't ask that question. And then you start looking at what data is being received from deep space penetration that, frankly, we've never had before. And by that, I mean, we keep looking further and further back into the time scale of the universe as it's arriving for us to visualize. If we look at something that's 4.3 billion light years away and start to gain focus and resolution on it, well, we're seeing 4.3 billion light years into the past. And when you start calculating all that time and all the math behind those formulas that demand dark energy, dark matter, etc., etc., so that our universe stays in the harmonious blend that it's in, well... What happens when something anomalous breaks the model? Well, it means our observations are off. Fair enough. So let's table that until we have better observational skills. Good enough. But what happens when our observational skills start unwinding to the point that, well, <clears throat> everything else we've observed this way has reinforced the theory. So is our methodology wrong? How can we be asking those kinds of questions about foundational pillars? I do not know. Nobody seems to want to take the Mandela effect seriously, so again, whatever. But once you've experienced a shaking of that which analysis has told you, we are literally just around the corner from either establishing as fundamental truth and thus ready to show you that nothing known in observation cannot be explained or we're still open to the fact that all we have in our observational database are points to which more accurate observations more enhanced informational analysis can prove whoops 
though we had that much right, this now shows us we have this much wrong. Well, <clears throat> Doug and Dave in their little two by four, when they went out to mash around in that field, well, they showed they could knock some grass down. They showed that they could use geometry and various rope and positioning um, <laughs> routines to mash down patterns in grass. But it is so easy when you start looking at the variety and we are talking about, okay, point number one, that crop circles are real. They occur across the world. It's not just England. Although England, point number two, England is clearly the hotspot. Wiltshire, uh, Hampshire, I think the counties are. I have them written down because that's how important they are. They are, um, yes, Wiltshire is one. And I'm not sure if Winchester is a part of that area, but Hampshire, I believe, is the other. Anyway, that is undeniably the center of activity, which coordinates back to the hoaxer phenomenon, thinking, well, of course, if those dudes live in the area, that gives me even more credence. The reason that this is interesting is because once you realize that it's not a hoax, well, then you have to wonder why this is a focal point. And the fact there's a focal point means we have a point of data to assess. But what have we done about it? Well, it's kind of close to Stonehenge. That's trippy. Yeah. What's on the History Channel? I don't know. Same shit. Oh, we're on the History Channel. Well, what's on ESPN? So, it'll take all of 15 minutes of true observation of the phenomenon to be able to determine the ones that are clearly sketchy, in other words, man-made, and the ones that are clearly of the phenomenon, in other words, unexplained. And uh, when your paradigm is such that you want to believe that things like crop circles can only be man-made, hello, okay, could they be a natural phenomenon? Sure. So the first explanation that comes out, well, here's another thing. Crop circles date back centuries. How much can we rely on reports of the past? Well, I don't know. But there's some legitimate evidence from the past, including uh, some lithographic engravings and other things that show a phenomenon that can most readily be described as what we observe as crop circles. That said, there are certainly reports of them going back into the 20th century, undeniably. And within that time frame are a couple of things. Reports of the overnight phenomenon, which is commonality number one, and commonality number two are reports of the, the uh, method, methodology of creation, which is, I think, what you start to be able to observe as you look at the variety of crop circles that have been, um, wow, why is my phone, uh, hang on, no, I'm sorry, I got confused by advertising, oh, supervisor recorder, you got me with your ad, <sighs> I hate ads, note to self, I hate ads is worthy of its own conspiracy show, okay, it's not worthy of conspiracy, 
but it's worthy of a topic drill down. Back to the point. The method of, of um, creation, there is some video footage of what are energetic orbs circling a field as a formation is laid down. How much can that be faked? I don't know. But other than that, there's nothing except actual cause and effect before and after uh, events of people doing it themselves from corporate uh, escapades like Mozilla Firefox, probably the best example, but there are plenty of them out there, um, to Doug and Dave examples, one of which was captured by, I believe it was Nova. I can't remember the TV show, but it's out there. You can see it, and you can see the amateur work in play. This is part of the uh, argument in favor of the mystical versions of them is how pedestrian the ones humans make look. And another interesting note, not disseminated by the American media, is that this is a worldwide phenomenon and a crop-wide phenomenon. It's not just one type of crop, although it's most common, I think, in, in a stocky grass type environment. It's also been done in mushroom bar or fields. It's been done in, um, let me see, I think I wrote these down too because I didn't want to mess them up. Okay. Well, since I know mushrooms were one of them, and I know um, wheat, barley, rye, um, I can't think of what other stocks, but there were more varietals than just the grasses that we see them in. And technique, again, is important here because the patterns that are created um, in many ways are evident of human interaction. Like, you can see the walking path in, you can see the crushed pattern of action, you can see the, you can back walk the effect all the way, basically from the first blade to the last one because of the way the patterns are created, you can see how the grass bends itself. And the phenomenon now has gotten so sophisticated, and I'm talking, it has grown in sophistication over the course of the last 30 years for certain, but you could argue since the initial photographs from, say, the 60s and 70s, what scant evidence there is from there, but there is some. Um, the, the sort of, of patterns now include the laydown of the actual material. And what I mean by that is, instead of it looking like it's been clomped over by a two by four. What happens is it's been snapped at, an, at what is often referred to as a knuckle. And if you think of stalks of grass, well, where you think of them having that sort of growth um, moment that they strengthen and fiber up to grow taller, that's called the knuckle. And most of the mystical ones are broken right at the knuckle. And in some cases, they're broken in such a configuration that the actual breaking pattern of the grass lends to the effect of the actual outcome of the design itself. Meaning, there can be some 3D effect, there can be some, um, some intricate uh, patterning within the zones themselves, like you can see diamonds inside of circles or whatever, depending on how the grass has been laid, undeniably. And again, something no human being has ever been able to put into a pattern 
and replicate for us to witness. So no matter how clever and accurate you might be with your two by four or whatever method it is that you use to crush grass or to break grass or to lay grass down, nobody's been able to show us this sort of patterning possibility and it's all over the place. You can't deny it if you start looking at these things. And back to the point I was making about the cattle mutilation thing. I remember reading about that and you hear, you see it in the newspaper and you, there's enough evidence that you know it's happening. You knew the crop circles are happening, but you also know there's no God, there's no mysticism in the universe. If there are aliens, fine, but I doubt they're over here messing with cattle, seriously. And the last thing they're going to do if they're going to communicate with us is do some nonsense in a wheat field in the middle of fucking England. So because you know that is your universe, stories that are of the outlandish type of, uh, of cause and effect are, are not just easily dismissed, they're proof you're right. Well, look, I mean, if somebody's out there calling this stuff Mother Earth sending messages to us through magnetic energy, that's all I need to know that the Doug and Dave story is the true one. So you never think twice about it. Just like when somebody says that they have figured out how they were doing the, the actual incisions, that they had found some sort of evidence of how they were doing the bloodless incisions. I thought, oh, that's how they were doing the cattle mutilation thing. Totally unrelated, but I hear that point of bloodless incision technology reinforcement, and it signs me off to my little what is up with all those cows? Oh, well, I mean, some guy in the CIA lost his nut and started using his 20 years ahead of medical science technology to waste a little time in New Mexico, Colorado, and wherever else. And then you start seeing how maybe other animals are being discovered in the same condition, that in fact it's not just that the face is half skinned half still there it's that they're taking the third stomach out of a line of three stomachs without the first two coming out first two one and two being removed ahead of number three in fact they're still sitting intact in the original position so how did they do that well you don't that noise just drips off of you if you ever hear it you know that that's just sensationalism capitalizing on the moment it's not till 30 years later when the same people are starting to say, listen, I know it sounds crazy, but that is what we were discovering. That you think, okay, so that was what was true? Huh. Well, it's fine when that's what the cattle mutilation stories are. But when that's the Big Bang or evolution survival of the strong not so much fun as a matter of fact so much not so much fun that we're going to go have some more fun talking crop circles because if there is anything that the mystical meets the these are actually happening well the mandela effect is the one i take the most personally because i'm going through it i've never seen a crop circle but I can recognize this phenomenon as having merit 
beyond anything we know how to explain. So is that the reason it's not being investigated? Because it's an unknown unknown? Nobody has any idea where this could lead? Since there is no explanation? I don't know. How did they mold the rocks at Susquehuaman? How'd they do it? Doesn't matter, right? They did it. Like I'm saying about crop circles, it really doesn't matter. It's happening. It's not a hoax. And it takes less than 15 minutes of reviewing the historical record of photographed crop circles to understand there are outliers that are clearly of a nature that hasn't been explained. So I put a few together that if you need the short list of ones that will trigger you to think, yeah, what the TF is that? Well, I'm not going to do these in any particular order because I wrote them on a Kaiser Permanente join us for a live neighborhood seminar in person or online medical health plan seminar invitation. So needless to say, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But on the 7th of August in 2009, in Southern Holland, one of what I consider the great examples of no way to people do it is the Vitruvian Man butterfly. And the Vitruvian Man is the, uh, the Leonardo da Vinci sketch of a guy inside a circle that we're all, uh, we've all seen everywhere. Well, imagine a 530 by 450 meter field sized version of that in a butterfly form in what can only be described as magnificent rendition. The grass is snapped at the, at the stalk in the knuckle across the formation. The lay of the grass is unique. It got pictured, thankfully, in it, the condition it was found because it's enormous. For Americans, 530 meters, hang on, let's do some math here. Let's get to, let's go to um, opera. Sure, let's look up 530 meters. Hopefully this is not making any sort of noise to the recording quality, but knowing me, it's ruining everything. But 530 meters is how many feet? We're gonna guess that that's 1,700 feet. How close am I? Not very. How do I know? I don't, because I'm still typing to feet. Now we got it. Okay, 530, oh, I put meters, but Google's smart enough to figure out I wanted meters. It is, it's 1,738 feet. So because the only thing we know how to talk here in uh, in America is football, if I divide 1,738 by three, well, I'm gonna end up with 500 and what, 79? I don't know how close that is in real time, but that is six football fields, Americans, of grass sculpting awesomeness. Look it up. 2009, August 7th, Vitruvian Man, Southern Holland. Unreal. And there is a figure called a Koch, Koch, not sure how to say it. It's K-O-C-H, but it's not Coke. However that's pronounced. Snowflake is a, it's a fractal rendition of mathematical uh, geometry. It appears in at least five different uh, uh, crop circles, and three of them, I think, are evolution 
area. In other words, it looks like they made one, then they made two, then they made three. And I'm not saying that somehow all five are related, but three of them are clearly related because you can see the pattern that's in the center of the, of the crop circle magnify as the third crop circle becomes the more robust version of all of them. Uh, why? I don't know. There are some explanations to some of the patterns um, because some of the themes that run rampant through them, and you will see this if you look at them, are the DNA double helix. Um, there, is a, there is a description of the compound melatonin <clears throat> in one of them. And I'll get to some of the other descriptive ones. But ASCII uh, language is clearly described as is binary language. Our solar system and other observations of the heavens are clearly apparent. This isn't just run-of-the-mill hoax shit. These are, these are running themes of the truly unexplained. So back to other ones worth looking at. So the Koch snowflake, this is from 97. Um, maybe 93 is the first one. There's another one in 97. No, it's the 23rd of July in 1997 that the one that I'm talking about here appeared. Um, it has the textured pattern laid down. You can see it. It looks like an, a, a blueprint for folding origami. It is gorgeous. But it, like I said, it's one of four or five that are just as dynamically presented as that one. But the idea that it's thematic is, and not just locationally thematic, again, we have points of data to use to develop enough of a how is this happening hypothesis to go test stuff. But we'd need the, we'd need, honestly, the attention that this, this uh, phenomenon deserves, which is why I feel like it's all my fault again. I didn't, I didn't ingest the media with enough of a critical eye to know when I was ingesting horseshit or to know that the story that was there had merit and needed further investigation. I had no eye for it apparently. So we live in a world where people think crop circles are a bunch of art students with nothing better to do. It's not. Look at the one from 2016. And when I talk about them getting progressively more complex, well, this one in Wiltshire is called the Mothership Crop Circle because it looks like a Mothership logo, which makes me wonder, Mothership people, who do you know? Because the writing on it is familiar to the writing that is described and shown as what was recovered at the Roswell crash. Go look at it. It's phenomenal. And if you think that's something that man did, how'd they make the characters? How'd the 20 characters that are on the rim of that, how did it even get produced? How did they do it? What did they use? And then in 2001, perhaps the most spooky one of all is at one point in the 70s, um, there was a message sent out to space that Carl Sagan was involved with. Uh, it was called the Arecibo message, and it was sent in 1974 and was essentially considered a failure because there was never any response. But what it was was a, a, a truly 8-bit looking message of our solar system position, who, what our DNA 
sequence is 23 chromosomes. The, um, what else was in there? The, uh, oh, a, a basic version of a humanoid. And it was all binary code. Well, this message got responded to because one of the crop circles, actually a series of crop circles at the Chill Botten Observatory in 2001 were a direct response to this message. So if you're a hoaxer, somehow you figured out how to create a binary coded message sent back to us that had identical information, just different DNA. There was the genetic makeup of something, an alien, different star system, but one that we have identified since, and a different face, a different looking face, one that frankly looks like the alien, and then sent an alien face. Yep, all of this happened next to an observatory. They also sent an image of a different star system. All of this happened in the same field next to an observatory in response to a message we sent to the universe. So, either greatest hoax of all time, or clearly somebody responded. And if it's the greatest hoax of all time, they didn't do it once, they did it over a series of messages. And there's other ones that are creepy like that, not like that one specifically, but where there's one where um, a, a crop circle of our solar system was discovered, and then overnight, the sun expanded to take Mercury and Venus out of the situation and leave the sun precariously close to the orbit of Earth. So, that one, if you're a hoaxer, job well done, because that's some spooky-ass second-level shit. But it's out there. It's what happened. Explain it. Bust some people. Unfortunately, it's got all the, the signature elements of having been done by the mystical. So, let me explain what I mean by that. When you start observing them, you can see the consistency of pattern making that has yet to be duplicated by uh, human uh, efforts. So, how are they getting formed? Nobody knows. Why are they being formed? Nobody knows. To whom are they even being formed? Nobody knows. That's what I don't like. There are legitimately good questions here because the evidence has mounted that there are questions we should be asking. But instead of asking these questions, we're asking, how old is that third Kardashian sister now? Really? <laughs> Bullshit. Oh God, I'm old. So, fine. Distract me with other shit. But these are the questions that I want to know. How can something this mystical be happening? Yeah, the Mandela effect sucks because it makes you question everything. But this is magic. This, if some magnetic existence is trying to communicate it to us through the one method they have, which is revealing patterns in the ground we walk on, can you imagine the hubris of a civilization saying, <laughs> oh no, we'll just let Doug and Dave take credit for that. In the, in the binary code message with the alien face, oh, excuse me, the binary code message at the Chilbotan uh, Observatory did not include the, the alien face. Um, it was in the actual response, 
But the alien face, the one that you're thinking of that's got the, uh, the like, gray alien-looking one, it had a disk next to it that had a binary-coded message. And that binary-coded message is, beware bearers of false gifts and their uh, broken promises. Much, um, oh, believe there is good out there. Much, uh, I can't read that word, sorry. Uh, much, but, the, but still time. Uh, conduit closing, we oppose deception. Oh yeah, we oppose deception, conduit closing. Uh, bell sound, whatever, right? That's not just, uh, uh, it's weird on two levels. It's weird because it's simple. But then again, man, if you were going to communicate to humankind, wouldn't you, wouldn't you err on the side of being too simple? Maybe they'll get it. When we tell them, believe there is good out there. Oh, much pain, but still time. It's a weird, weird message. Because... Wouldn't an alien send something way more sophisticated if they wanted to communicate with us? It seems more hoaxy than, than legit for that reason alone. But the message is unsettling because you can't dismiss it. Especially in the way it was delivered. It's August 2002, Alien Face, Winchester, Hampshire, UK, binary code, disc. Look for it. Just like in 2001, you want to look for the Chilbotten Observatory response to the Arecibo message. If these are hoaxes, they're on a level that needs to be recognized at, a, at the least, if not condemned. I mean, they're brilliant if they're hoaxes. So then, that's enough, but I'll give you, I'll give you more. That's just the tip of the iceberg, and I'm not joking. Um... So initial theories on them included the wind, that these are ley line related because they do seem to sit on some Winchester or something, ley line or Manchester or McVin, I don't know what. But it's on a ley line that a lot of the activity in England is occurring at the very least. They could be portals for time travelers or messages to time travelers or indicators to time travelers or markers for time travelers or who knows what they could be doing. They could be markers or indicators or communications with anything that we don't perceive. Or that we do perceive. Maybe it's the grass talking to other grass. But it's happening. And some of the messages are undeniably happening in ways that cannot be explained and are outside of the realm of even possible. The pie crop circle is phenomenal. And is the sort of thing that if you had just developed it as a wall poster, would have sold millions. It's... Uh, at the Barbary Castle in Wiltshire in 2008, and it's accurate to 10 digits, and also includes some elements of our solar system. It's, if it's art students, then get them a job. But the one by Stonehenge is the one that got my attention first. This was after the Mandela Effect when I started to think, okay, wait a second, if the Mandela Effect is true, how can I not be able to entertain the mystical when the mystical is the only reasonable answer I'm able to arrive with. That and I'm hungry. But in 1996, and this is how long it took, and, and I learned of this because I learned of the Mandelbrot set, which there are crop circles of, 
But that led me to the Julia set, which led me to this crop circle phenomenon. Because someone, in what has been described as between a 15 and a 45-minute window, depending on which witnesses you want to believe, but that's the window in which the field across from Stonehenge saw its own crop circle development. The Julia set fractal design was in broad daylight at 12.30 or something in the morning, a 274-meter-sized, again, folks, this is two football field-sized uh, uh, sculpture in that field of the, of the Julia set in what looks like a snaking um, scorpion-like pattern. It is fantastic. It's impossible. There, there are security guards. There is constant traffic. There are witnesses aplenty. Nobody saw anything. And the 45-minute window is given because of a, a pilot who takes a tour around Stonehenge-type uh, customers from uh, the little airport nearby and runs them across the area from the air so they can see it all from above. Well, he flew over the area. Nothing was there. Flew over it 45 minutes later. There it was. And he's like, it's not something I could have missed. It's unexplained and phenomenal all at the same time. The Milk Hill examples, there are two of them, but the one that is 238 meters across done in 2001 with the uh, Triskelion, I think is the, the intertwining uh, spirals, the three of them interlocked in sort of a triangle looking form. Go look at that one. And then go look at Milk Hill generally and tell me that's a couple of dudes with some two-by-fours. And am I leaving any of the best ones off the list? Um, this one's worth looking at. Um, the, the one that I spoke about with the sun growing happened on July 15th, 2008 at A.V.E. Berry Manor. It's the solar system uh, that overnight changed to show a sun swallowing up the first two planets. Mercury and Venus, meaning those. 2010, um, Wickham Green. There's two fields simultaneously got crop circled. The patterns in the fields, when overlaid, create a human face. <laughs> I do not kid you. That's the sort of shit that's going on out there that I had no idea about. Vale of Pusey, P-E-W-S-E-Y, I believe, is where you will find the uh, golden ratio depicted, much like the pie design, to 10 digits. 10 digits. Again, if you're hoaxing us, you're hoaxing us with things that look like blueprints to machines. You're hoaxing us with things that are factual observations. You're hoaxing us with predictions of planetary movement and then being right about it. The phenomenon is so inexplicable because it intellectually challenges you to have to rethink everything, which is why you don't know about it. Because the most reasonable answer is we are in fact clearly being communicated with, or at least this planet is being signaled to pay attention through this phenomenon. Whether that's a direct message to us can't be declared, but we're certainly conscious of it 
and ignoring it. Sometimes it makes you think. We invented nuclear weapons for a reason. Because nature has a way of evening everything out. If we're not able to listen to the most clear signals that something wants attention, do we deserve to be listened to at all? I'm not willing to say yes. Because disregarding this phenomenon was so easy for me, it makes me wonder what else am I disregarding? What else am I unwilling to open my mind up to that's right in front of me? Well, I thank all the people who have put their time in here to keep this phenomenon alive so that when I finally was awake enough to see it, I recognized the value that it presents. Because if ever we needed to listen to the universe to save our own asses, well, this could be the time the universe is communicating to us in such a capacity as to do so. And to disregard it, maybe that's the ultimate filter. Here was your warning sign painted across the universe, but you didn't listen. So we did what we did. Frankly, you deserved it. Could any of us defend ourselves if that was the situation? Not in this case. Not me. And if you're the type of person who has always thought, well, that's just bullshit. Uh-oh. I think I just stopped recording. Maybe not. Uh, I should stop anyway. That says 49.57. Holy crap. This is 50 minutes long at this point. Plus, I got some other things I'm going to clip on at the end. If you're here this long, you're almost as big a miracle as crap circles. Go check them out. Hey, universe. <coughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Boy, this blooper reel is better than the, uh, the content preceding it, but who wouldn't have known that getting into the whole process? Of course it is. P.S. Universe. This is going at the end as a test of the audio to ensure there's listenability when I say take the power cord out or I say turn the off button off turn the on off button off when I put it in my back pocket or if I turn and open this door and then I go over here to where the faucet is and I decide oh my hands did need a rinse and then I go in here and I say, but they also need a toweling off. Thank you, Phoebe. If I do all of that, I drop that. Then I pick it up. Then I put it there. Then I put the hat there. Then I return to here with the phone in my hand, throw it on the bed, casually disregard everything going on, including having a sip of Diet Mountain Dew. Well... Is that at least clear for anybody listening?